The following is the English translation of Pastor Mong Wu's teaching on the Book of Genesis, chapter seventeen to eighteen, translated by Ray. Read the Bible every day, so you will be full of faith. So today we are going to read Genesis chapter seventeen and eighteen. So remember that in the previous chapter we mentioned、uh, Abraham begat Ishmael when he was eighty-six years old. And in verse one of chapter seventeen, it says, "When Abraham was ninety-nine years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, 'I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless.'" So here, remember that we mentioned that sometimes men can't really、uh, wait for God's timing, and we want God to speed up to match according to our expectation and schedule. And because of that, God has to have Abraham to learn this lesson that he at this moment. He has waited for twenty-four years already, which is thirteen years additional to the time when Ishmael was born. God reappeared to Abraham, and at this timing, Abraham has already been ninety-nine years old, and he has no more expectation on himself. He don't think he can begot another son anymore. But it's exactly at this timing that God says he is El Shaddai, he is God Almighty, and there's nothing too difficult for him. Therefore, God also asked him to walk before Him and to be blameless. So, what's the meaning of being blameless in front of God? So, blameless doesn't mean that He's perfect, but instead, being blameless means that He's fully submitting and fully relying on God's almighty power. This is the meaning of being blameless. Therefore, today, either you and me, we can all become blameless as long as we are completely submitting to God's grace and God's schedule. Then we also submit to God's promise. Therefore, in that case, the Almighty of El Shaddai can be fulfilled on us, and then God will make His covenant between Him and Abraham. Remember that in Genesis chapter fifteen, we mentioned that God has made His covenant with Abraham, but here in chapter seventeen, it's basically making the same covenant again, and the purpose is to strengthen the previous covenant. And then in verse two, it says, "I may make my covenant between me and you, and may multiply you greatly." Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, "Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations." So here you can see that this covenant, the meaning of this covenant, is further being unfolded. And the concept of offspring is also further revealed to Abraham again. And also, God did a new thing, which is He changed the name of Abraham into Abraham. So here, maybe if you read Chinese or English, is not super obvious. However, if you look at Hebrew, this is actually in addition to the previous name Abraham, He add one of the consonants of Yahweh, which is the name of God itself. Adding to the old name of Abraham, then it became Abraham. So that is indicates that this is a union of Abraham's old name and God's name, and that become Abraham, which is the father of a multitude of nations. So today, when God put His signature or give us His new name into us, then that means God He has the authority over us, and that is the meaning of being blameless. Remember, early on, Adam. He has the authority to name the names of the animals. That means he has the authority over all the animals. So therefore, by the same token, when God gave us a new name, and even so, merge his name into our name, 
then that represents that we are completely belong to God and His name and our names united into just one name. And that is the true meaning to be blameless in front of God. So therefore, dear families, today we can also pray to God that even though most of the time our names are given by our parents, but we also have a heavenly name, a spiritual name from God, which is a name that is united with God's name. And then we can be blameless in front of God. We can completely surrender to God's leadership, His grace, and also His schedule. And then in verse 6, it says he actually add additional element into the destiny of Abraham that he says, I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make you into nations and kings shall come from you. Remember in the previous covenant, it says that your descendants will be as many as the stars in the heaven and the sands by the sea. And then they will also be enslaved in Egypt for 400 years, which actually was 430 years. But later on, they will leave Egypt with many, many possessions, just like the hosts of the Lord. But now, not only they will make you exceedingly fruitful, but also it will make them into nations. It will form from these people and the king shall come from you. All of these are actually talking about God's kingdom and talking about Jesus Christ. So when the destiny of Abraham would become the same story of the, as the destiny of Jesus Christ, to align with God's will. And this today, remember that we are also in the same covenant and we also have to be more and more united with Jesus. And we also want to be participated in God's kingdom and be have a portion in ruling over the nations. And then in verse seven and eight, it says, and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. So here, this covenant actually is the greatest promise that God has to his people, which is, you will be my people and I will be your God. This promise spanning from Genesis to Exodus, when God speaks to Moses, even tell to the book of prophets, whichever time when God is talking, speaking to his people, God always says that you are my people and I am your God. So here from Genesis, the beginning, the meaning of this covenant becomes more and more evident. And then God will start to ask Abram and all the men belongs to him to do one thing so that they can uh, consolidate this covenant because they have to pay a price for this covenant, which is remember that previously we, we are talking about the covenant of Noah. Noah didn't actually do pay any price. God, he himself make this covenant and have used rainbow as a sign for this covenant. And then previously in chapter 15, when God made a covenant with Abraham, Abraham was fallen asleep when they make this covenant and God himself walked between the divided carcass. So you can see that in chapter 15, it was also God himself to fulfill this covenant. But why now in chapter 17, in order to consolidate this covenant, now Abraham and all the men belongs to Abraham has to do a circumcision. Why is that is the case? It's because that remember, this is a reminder when Abraham now is 99 years old, this serves as a reminder when he was um, 86 years old, when Sarai asked Hagar to be the concubine of Abraham, 
they are when they are trying to use their own hand to fulfill God's promise. This becomes a very deep reminder for them to know that God's promise cannot be intervened by man's、uh, own will by any natural selves intervene. So that's why that they have to make a mark on man's genital to remove the foreskin, and this becomes a sign. Of the covenant between God and Abraham, so all the men of Abraham, they are using the restroom or whenever they are having sex, they will remember that I can never use my own power or my own natural self to fulfill God's promise. So today, even though as a New Testament believer that we no longer do circumcision, but we still need to receive a circumcision of our heart. So we have to ask ourselves: Do we? Actually, receive this circumcision on our heart. Are we trying to fulfill God's promises using our own flesh, using our own power? Maybe you have many、uh, great aspiration. You want to do a lot of things for God. So start to try to use your own method, your own strategies, your own schedule to do things, and say that, "Oh yeah, God, all these things I try to do for you." Then, if you are、uh, living a life like this, that means you haven't received the circumcision on your heart. So today, why do we have to practice wait upon the Lord? Why do we need to practice obedience? It's because that we have to protect ourselves to receive the circumcision of our heart, so that we can always walk in God's schedule and follow God's order. The power of El Shaddai, in only in that case, can start to be fulfilled. It can only be manifested when we realize that we can do nothing, and you are the only Almighty God. In this position of being blameless by completely surrender to Him, this is the exact moment when God's promise can be fully fulfilled in us. And then in verse fifteen, it also says that as for Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarah, but Sarah shall be her name. Actually, Sarah and Sarah in Hebrew they both mean princess. But again, here Sarah has the consonant. From、uh, God's name Yahweh, adding to the original Sarai and become Sarah, and so she was transformed from just a princess into the mother of the multitude nations. So again, Sarah is united with God and in her name, and allow God to have full control and full sovereignty on Sarah's life. And this is the meaning of to be blameless in front of God. And therefore, in verse sixteen, God also bless Sarai, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall become nations. Kings of people shall come from her. Again, here is talking about God's kingdom, and also about the the kings. And here, the meaning of offspring is further unfold to him as well. Remember that here again, the offspring that God has been talking about is not Lot, is not Eleazar. Is also not Ishmael, but instead, this offspring has to come from Sarah. So God keep unfolding and explaining the give the revelation of the meaning of the offspring to Abraham. Even though in this process they may fall, they may lie, they may have the intervention from our natural self, but God will definitely fulfill His own promise as long as we keep abiding in His path. And then, but in verse eighteen and nineteen, Abraham still keeps saying that, "Oh, oh, that Ishmael might live before you." But God says, "No, no, no, no. 
but Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. So the name of Ishmael is being named by God. It means God listens. This is because they try to fulfill the outcome of the covenant by using their own flesh. And God still bless Arabs to, so that they can also help and fulfill Israel's. However, if Israel, they don't submit to God's authority, then the descendants of Ishmael will become the difficulties and struggle of Israel. However, as for Isaac, his name is called He Left. He Left. So this is because he is the son that come from the promise of God. So he is the full fulfillment of the promise from the Lord. So here today, we can also look at ourselves. When we keep walking along God's destiny for us, do I want to beget Ishmael or do I want to beget Isaac? I want to walk in the life of Isaac, which is the life of joy. However, to get Isaac, you need to wait and you have to have patience, and you cannot have any intervention from the flesh. But if you want to keep having now, right here, right now, I have my own ability, I have my own strategy. Oh yeah, I mean, your promise is good, but it has to wait for too long. Actually, it's not the problem of time or how long it takes, but instead it's the issue of whether or not we are prepared for the blessing already. So only when Abraham realized that he has no power at all, then only at this moment that El Shaddai, the Almighty God, can manifest himself. If we still think that we can fulfill the promise by ourselves, then God will wait and wait until you realize that you cannot fulfill his promise. And then God is going to lead us in this timing. Then it says, But I will establish my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. So you will know, you can see that God doesn't want us to wait indefinitely. But instead, when we realize that we are completely surrendered to God and we no longer use our own flesh to manifest the promises, then the, the time schedule for the promises can start to kick off in, at this time. So we have to be patient and we also need wisdom. So Lord, may you teach me how to perform a circumcision on my heart, on my flesh, so that I can really submit to your schedule. Well, willing to submit, just like Hagar, when she is willing to submit under the authority set by God, then the promises that belong to her can be fulfilled. So then in verse 24 to 26, it says, every one of them receives circumcision. And remember that, that Isaac, he received a circumcision when he was eight days old. But for Ishmael, he received circumcision when he was 13 years old. And so you can see that's why is Israelites, they receive circumcision when they are eight days old, but the Arabs, they receive uh, circumcision is when they were 13 years old. This is very special. Every single event are arranged according God's will and strategy. So here in chapter 17, it told us that we have to walk in God's schedule. El Shaddai will definitely fulfill the promises that he has established in us. We now enter to chapter 18, that God's promises is about to fulfill. So in verse 1, the, And the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre, as he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day. 
And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing in front of him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth. So why would Abraham do these things? It's because at that moment, basically no one will make their journey at noontime. If you are familiar with some uh, tropical country, basically no one will leave their house at noon. However, at, in these verses, you can see that at noontime, someone is journeying right opposite to their tent. So at this moment, Abraham has this uh, spiritual discernment that he realized that these three people, they are not just normal people. So that's why they bow down and to meet them. If someone is willing to submit to God, when he has a true surrender and has a true circumcision in his heart and no longer try to rely on his own willpower, then his heart and his eyes will be brightened up and he will gain in spiritual discernment. He will be able to see God's guidance in the circumstances and he will be able to recognize that this is actually God's hand. And that's why in verse 4 to 5, that Abraham immediately starts to serve them, use all his possibility to try to serve them in verse 6. It even says, oh, you should quickly went into the tent of Sarah and said, quick, three sia of fine flour, knead it and make cakes. Actually, three sias of fine flour is a huge quantity of flour. So this is not just some food that is enough for three people, but instead it is probably enough for more than 30 people. So from this, you can see that these amount of cakes is not just ready for their immediate meal, but also for their future meal are also covered by these amount of food as well. So he also immediately killed the best calf, which is tender and good, and prepared it quickly, and also took curds and milk and the calf that he has prepared and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree while they ate. So here, Abraham doesn't treat everyone the same way, but instead it's because Abraham, he already received the circumcision, so he no longer dared to do things according to his own schedule. So God gave him this spiritual discernment that he can realize that at this noontime when normal people wouldn't show up, he can recognize that this is actually the angels from the Lord. So they bow down and meet them. And when he serves them in the heart of a servant, then in verse 9, the first thing that these messengers said to him is that, where is Sarah, your wife? And so from this, you can see that that means God's promise is about to be fulfilled. That God's promise, the Isaac that will come out from Sarah, it's going to happen very soon. And then in the, one of the men, he says that, uh, next year, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. However, at that time, they are both advanced in years, and they thought that they can't do it anymore. And But this is the time when El Shaddai shows up. After they do the circumcision, El Shaddai shows up again. That remember that the way of woman had ceased to be with Sarah also, so Sarah laughed to him herself, saying that after I'm worn out and my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? So note that this is the exact uh, thinking process of a blameless people. So remember, blameless people is not that they are perfect, but blameless people is that they fully realize that I can't do it. And the only thing that I can do is to fully surrender myself to God's leadership to God's promise and his grace and schedule. So now in verse 14, it says, Is it too hard for the Lord? 
here these words is actually very common in the Bible. This words the is it too is anything too hard for the Lord? Uh, appears in the Bible for at least seven times. And also note that here Abraham actually has a deeper understanding to God's name, which is Lord or Yahweh. And this is actually a new revelational understanding from for Abraham because now he truly knows that he's the great I am. And each time when Abraham experienced one lesson after another, he has an elevation to the true meaning of God's name. And that's why here he is able to say that uh, is anything too hard for the Lord. Actually, starting from chapter 12, Abraham has already known God's name, Yahweh. But only after the event in Egypt does God continue to unfold the true meaning of offspring. And then till now, God is almost going to completely fulfill his uh, promises. He finally realized that he can no longer rely on his own flesh to fulfill God's promise. And then this, it is exactly at this moment that he can make this proclamation that is anything too hard for the Lord. And this represents his true understanding to God's characters. And so therefore, we can also see that when we have more understanding to God's power, it can also increase the possibility for God's powers, signs, and wonder to unfold in our life. So that's why it says, is anything too hard for the Lord? Indeed, this only someone who truly understands the Lord can say this. So our heart has to have a true trust and understanding to God's name that these words, is anything too hard for the Lord? This only applies to the people who truly know the Lord. So here, even though Abraham and Sarah, they both laugh, it's not because they think it's impossible, but instead it's because they think that they cannot do it. And only when they fully realize that they cannot do it, that is the exact time when the Almighty God will manifest His power. So th And this is the time when the promise can be fulfilled. However, exactly at this moment, that God not only wants to fulfill His promise, but He also wants to give Abraham an upgrade. Not only wants to give him an offspring, but He also wants to make him a blessing to all nations. So God gave Abraham one very special revelation to the thing that God is about to do, which is exactly in verse 17, that the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have chosen him that he may commend his children and his household after him, to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. So here, know that all nations is going to be blessed by Abraham, but also all nations has to live in righteousness and justice, and they will do righteousness and justice. And this is part of the promise that God has to Abraham. So note that because God wants his righteousness and justice be manifested all over the earth, so God wants to, want to do it through his promise and righteousness and justice to bring Abraham an upgrade so that he will use Abraham to let him to see when God is going to deal with the issue of Sodom and Gomorrah. Is it possible for Abraham to touch God's heart? So know that here the relationship 
is no longer between a master and a servant. But here, this is a relationship of friendship that God opened up his heart and want Abraham to know God's heart. That God wants to do righteousness and justice on all over the earth. And I want you to be blessed. I want you to be the blessing of many. So know that many Christians, they just stop at this level. Okay, God gave me blessings. God fulfilled his promise. It's so awesome. But is it possible for us to enter into God's will to see why God gives us blessings? It's because he wants us to be a blessing to many people and many nations. So we have to also grab God's righteousness and justice. And that's why later on in 20, it says, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great and their sin is very grave, I will go down to see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come to me. And if not, I will know. So the men turned from there and went toward Sodom, but Abraham still stood before the Lord. So note that the messengers, they leave, but the Lord is still there. And Abraham is also still standing in front of the Lord. So here you can see that God not only is going to fulfill his promise to Abraham, but further he brings Abraham into his will, his heart, and his feeling. So that's why in verse 23 to verse 32 is something that we are very familiar with. So here Abraham just keep praying and pray the number of righteous people down from 50 to 45 to 40 and then to 30, 20, and to 10. So we might think that, okay, maybe this uh, section is just that we can do some bargaining to the Lord by just keep praying over and over again the same thing. However, actually here God is trying to unfold his heart, his will to Abraham so that Abraham can really understand uh, God's heart. So do you think that Abraham here is praying according to God's mercy? But actually, no, that's not the case because previously, God has clearly says that he wants him to do righteousness and justice so that many nations can be blessed by him. So here Abraham actually captured the true meaning of this promise. When he was praying, he actually prayed according to God's righteousness and justice. Because you said in verse 23 and verse 25, it says, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Far be it from you to do such a thing to put the righteous to death with the wicked, so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be that from you, shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? So actually Abraham really understand, he understand God's promise. He know that God want him to do righteousness and justice, so that, and that's only through that can Abraham bring blessings to all the nations. So when he understand God's full promises, to God, to us. And then when we receive God's promise, we have to keep praying over it to capture the true meaning of do righteousness and justice. And only in this position, then his prayer with God becomes more effective and that he is able to be closer with God and be closer to God's will and understand his will even more through this kind of prayer. But maybe you might ask, why do they stop this number of righteousness down to 10 only, but does not further cut down to like 5 or 2 or 1? Because you have to remember, if they keep praying and keep reducing the number, then it becomes against to God's righteousness and justice. Because remember, in Sodom, there was Lot and Lot's wife and Lot's daughters and Lot's son-in-law. So those people, 
Lot has stayed there for so long. They are supposed to bring more righteous people in the city of Sodom. However, what's going to happen eventually? We will see that in tomorrow's message. But here, this is actually telling us how to pray to God. When we realize that we cannot、uh, fulfill the promise by ourselves, it's exactly at this timing that El Shaddai is going to show up. And when we believe, then Isaac, God's promise can be born at this moment. And we can also have to pray that God, may you help me to truly know your heart, know your will, so that when the Lord stays here, and Abraham also did not just leave the place. And this is a lifestyle of keep. Standing in front of the Lord, and we need to also need to have a very sharp spiritual discernment. And only for a person who received true circumcision on his heart, then he will have this、uh, sharp discernment to God and know how to stand in front of the Lord and pray according to God's character. And when we have this fellowship and conversation with God, our prayer can fulfill great things and bring blessings to many people. And solve many difficulties in our life. Amen.